The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. everyone happy friday welcome back to an all new episode well today i am super 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 excited because today's guest is a true inspiration of mine she is a bona fide hair expert she is an incredible businesswoman she's i mean a new mother she's an author she has it all going on so hi jen atkin thank you so 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 much for being here i'm gonna try not to scream <laughs> I'm just going to take deep breaths. I'm going to be okay. I'm so excited to be here. You have no idea. This is like my dream podcast. <laughs> I don't, I mean, that is so flattering, but thank you. No, take it all in. I'm a full fan. I'm fully obsessed. You got me through 2020. Really? So you watched all of Vanderpump Rules? Yeah. And like anything that you guys have done, like any interview, like it's been a bad addiction, but also so. I don't know. I feel like it was just a therapeutic journey and I'm just so grateful for the entertainment. Oh, well, you're welcome. <laughs> well, congratulations on, I mean, your life. You have such an incredible career. Again, it is really, really, truly inspiring. Your book, I'm reading it currently right now. It's really amazing. I'm really trying to savor it. I'm a slow reader as it is, but there's so much really sound advice in there that I'm just trying to marinate in all of it. And then, you know, congratulations on your new baby as well. Thank you. How, how is it being a mom? This is my first time talking about him. It is, it's really hard. I'm sure you like have friends who have like dove into this chapter. It's really intense. It's what everyone says. It's the best thing you'll ever do. And it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. But like, it really is hard. I have several friends who I mean, all my friends got pregnant at the same exact time, which is, which is fun to bear witness to. I mean, everyone's pregnancy is so different and everyone's journey is so different and how, you know, how they all become moms and how they want to do parenthood is also different. So it's an education. I will say that. (laughs) Yeah. I was the last of my friend group. My husband's 43 and I'm 41. So I held out till the very, very end. And to be honest with you, I have no regrets about that at all. You know, like it was so good because I got to like see what my friends did and learn so much from them. And I feel, I know everyone's like, you're never ready. I fully feel so much more ready than I would have been 10 years, 15 years ago. I feel like people say that a lot, that you're never going to be ready. But I do feel like there's, I could feel more ready than now. (laughs) Somebody said that this year, the babies that were born like in 2020 and 2021, they're called baby zoomers. I love. But yeah, there's definitely something in the air right now. I feel like so many people are announcing pregnancies and babies and it's awesome. It's great. I I think we all need happy things right now, you know, in our lives. So I just am such an advocate about, you know, I, I want people to feel like it's okay to A, not want kids and B, to eat. And like my husband and I both did a ton of therapy the past like three years and I'm just, I feel like everybody, you know, is on their own journey. So don't feel pressure to like join the babysitter's club. 
<laughs> I, I do and I don't, but I'm going to just stick by what feels right to me. But I want to get to like your career and everything in just a minute. But for those of you who don't know, Jen is like your girl and grew up in Utah in a small town in Southern Utah called St. George. A lot of you probably have not heard of it, but I've been to St. George several times but what was it like growing up there? I, I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, first of all, wait. So tell me again, you're from, not Bountiful. Park City. Oh yeah, duh. First of all, I have two words for you and it's fry sauce. Oh, you know yes. fry sauce? Oh, I, cool. yes. On like, everything. Why is it just a Utah thing? I don't know, but I feel like everyone is robbed of that sweet nectar. Wait, by the way, we need to just come out with our own fry sauce. So I'm not going to tell anybody what the good fry sauce has in it, but stay tuned. <laughs> I know because everyone thinks that they know what it is. Like, isn't it just Thousand Island? No, it's not just Thousand Island. And no, it's not just ketchup and mayo mixed. It is much, much more to that. But also, did you put fry sauce on your pizza? Yes, I put either. It was like a fight between ranch or fry sauce. But to answer your question, what was it like growing up in St. George? It was sugar heaven. I remember moving to LA and like, it wasn't even like the freshman 15. I had like a good, like 25 pounds on me from like just being just reckless and like ranch on everything. And it was heaven. It was amazing. And St. George is a whole different, we were there last weekend with the baby and it's like you're on in Mars in many ways. Like it's red rocks, it's dry desert. It's a lot of like retired people. It's a lot of families. It's amazing when you're raising kids, but when you're like in your teenage angst, it's hell. Yeah, because there's nothing close to it. It is kind of on an island, I feel like. It's funny. We try to think that like St. George is kind of cool because we're close to Vegas. So like we could like go to concerts and stuff, but it is beautiful. We're close to Zion. Although I will say this, I'm sure it's the same with Park City. Like Instagram is kind of ruined the nature aspect of Utah, because everyone is like, it's like a line to get into Zion National Park now. It's everything is so crowded. Oh, I bet. Especially, well, especially now while everyone is kind of traveling, not locally, but by car and just kind of within this, this 50 states or, you know, why we can't get on a plane really. That's a bummer. But also St. George was very much more of a Mormon community than where I grew up. So you, you grew up Mormon. I grew up Mormon and I wanted to move to Park City, but I couldn't afford it. So I lived in Orem and made the drive every day to Park City to work at a spa. But I, yeah, Park City, you guys were like the cool Jack Mormons live there. Yeah, yeah. It was like <laughs> the cool part of Utah. It was. I mean, because I feel like everyone that lived in Park City kind of, well, there was still like a lot of people that were from Utah there, but a lot of people have moved from other places to Park City. Like my, my mom was from Southern California. My dad was from East Coast. There was a lot of transplants that came to Park City. So there was a lot of outside influence and not so much of like Mormon influence there, if you will. And also it's just a, such a tourist destination. I have to say, I really have to give a lot of credit to my Mormon upbringing though for my love for Instagram at the early stages of Instagram, because it was just like digital scrapbooking. And I grew up like the master scrapbooker. So thanks the LDS church for that. So that was like your life 
growing up? Like what kind of kid were you or what kind of, what were you like in high school? What were your hobbies or what kind of, did you do sports? No, I was like the jokester, like trying to be a class clown. I was friends with the skaters and like the goth kids and the drama geeks. And I was friends with the popular girls. Like I was just like, I liked to dip my toes and just be friends with everybody, like stay out of drama, all of that. And, you know, I will say like in high school is kind of when I started like having issues with the church because you know, that's when you come into your sexuality and then it's like, you're kind of meant to feel shameful or guilty about sexuality. And just, it got a little complicated. We went from like, you know, just like stories about Jesus to like, okay, you have to be a virgin to get married and you can't be gay. And like, you know, it was just, wasn't like suitable for me in high school. So I, that's when I first started kind of veering and like, you know, just kind of thinking about like what I wanted for my life. And I think that's when my feminism really kind of like came to fruition because, you know, I had a lot of issues with the fact that like women, you know, couldn't hold the priesthood and women weren't, you know, I just felt like there wasn't like a a quality aspect. So that's when I kind of ventured into, I guess, my spiritual journey outside of the church. Were you a good Mormon or did you ever break rules? I mean, not really. It's so funny. I was showing my husband like my old high school and I'm like, this is where we would go ice blocking and this is where we would go cow tipping and ice blocking. That's a, that's such a Utah thing too. <laughs> totally. I'm like, we would go cow tipping over there. And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? That is small town life though for you. Yeah. Pardon the interruption. We're going to take a tiny little break. Do you feel like living a healthy lifestyle is just like really, really hard sometimes? I feel that way. You know, we want to be up on the wellness trends and eat super healthy and work out all the time. But then it's like, we also want to, you know, enjoy life. We want to have that balance in life. So that is when you reach for a Coors Pure. Since it's all organic and has zero sugar, you can enjoy it without feeling guilty. And in our house, my husband has been a fan of the Coors brand since I've met him. So I was really, really excited to bring home Coors Pure and taste it for him for the first time. And we are now big, big fans of it, you know, because it's organic, but chill about it. And I feel like that's how we are. And now I feel like when I'm on the treadmill and I feel like giving up, you know, I could just so easily just like step off. No one's got to know about it. I'm like, no finish this next mile or do an extra one, you know, and then you can go down to the fridge and enjoy that tasty course pure. And I just think about how delicious and refreshing it's going to taste if I push myself a little further, you know, and it does taste that much better. Celebrate those wins. I like that because <laughs> at 92 calories and zero sugar, it is the perfect beer to celebrate the wins of everyday life. And it is made with organic barley, organic hops, and water. So Coors Pure is the perfect beer to celebrate the wins of everyday life. So when you want to enjoy a beer without the guilt, reach for Coors Pure. It's organic, but chill about it. Go to CoorsPure.com to see where you can find Coors Pure. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Beer and Company, Albany, Georgia. All right. Back to the show. What were the influences or was it just like the voice inside your head that started kind of steering you away from the church or telling you that you wanted more than what was in St. George 
in the, you know, the Mormon lifestyle? You know, I was supposed to like marry my high school boyfriend who was on his Mormon mission and all my friends were getting married and like starting families. And in my book, I write about it in more detail. My best friend who's like, we were like Romeo and Michelle. We got to go and meet Dave Matthews from the Dave Matthews band. And this was in like 1998 when like Dave Matthews was like Jerry Garcia. And <laughs> honestly, it was just one conversation we got to have on this movie set with, with Dave. And he was like, what do you guys want to do? And I'm like, I really want to work in beauty. And my friend's like, I want to work in fashion. He's like, you totally should like go to LA or New York. And it just took like meeting a celebrity and somebody who was a regular person, but now, you know, was this like musical, like God, all the scriptures and all the things we learned growing up just went out the window. And we were like, we totally should like, why not? So I think also at like 18, 19, you're just so brave. And I try to tap into that bravery as I get older because, you know, you really have nothing to lose. And we were at the point in life where we were like, our parents might like disown us. They might not. And like, we just wanted to go and, you know, I think that like the world's so different for our generation. I mean, I'm older than you, but like versus our mothers, you know, there's just so much more information, I think, growing up in the internet era. And we just felt like there was opportunity for us. And so we did it. Was this still when you were in high school or you were 18 or 19? We had graduated. Yeah. I was working at that spa in Park City. And so I was like 19 years old. You had ambitions. Cause I feel like in Utah, I don't know if you agree. Like, I feel like so many girls go to hair school. Like that's a very common thing that, that so many girls end up going to like Palm Mitchell school and yeah. they work in salons. So like, was that something from a young age or what, what did you kind of want to be when you grew up? I didn't know, to be honest. I had no idea. I know what you're talking about. Like the dream of like working at a strip mall salon was not there for me. <laughs> I also didn't like ever think I could make a living doing hair. And I knew I didn't want to have kids. And I knew I really in my deep in my heart, I didn't want to get married yet. And I really wanted to come to LA and just see what there was. And when I got here, I didn't know what Jewish people were. You know, I was like the one brown girl in my high school. Like it was just such a different world. And I remember not knowing what gay men were. I did not know one gay guy. I mean, now I know that my best friends in high school, like they came out years later, but like, I just was so vulnerable and, and naive. And I think that like my, my passions, like I worked for a music supervisor. I worked for, I worked everywhere to just try to pay the bills. And it wasn't until I got a job as a receptionist that got to really like get my feet wet and see the business side of hairstyling and see like hairstylists that were spending their money on drugs and on clothes. And I got to really learn a lot of lessons in those early days. And that's kind of how my passion became my job. What was the relationship like with your family? Because I know I have a lot of friends who, you know, are Mormon and when they stray from the church, it's a big deal. It's, I mean, we're talking like excommunication, like strained relationships. So when you, that young, look at your parents and you're like, I don't want any of this, any of this life that was pretty much planned out for me, everything that you did, I don't want to do. I want to move to LA, which is like the scariest place on earth. What did they say or how did they react? I mean, I know you write about this in your book, but what can you share about that? looking back at it now and now that, I mean, I've been a parent for three weeks, so I need to calm down, but 
I think about it and I'm like, I can't even imagine what that was like for our parents who, you know, themselves grew up in this like safe little bubble of Mormonism and Utah for, you know, us to say like at 19, like we're moving to LA. And I think it was, they were scared at first. I think, you know, they thought it was so black or white. I think at the time they were like, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to be a prostitute or a drug addict? You know, because you're taught to really, you know, not stray from this like straight and narrow path. So it's like very black or white. I think, you know, over time they realize like there is a gray area where like I can still have the Mormon, you know, upbringing and like the morals that they instilled in me, like being in service of other people and having humility and all of these great things that can kind of like guide me through life. But I also like, you know, can drink coffee and I'm not going to hell. It's been like a learning experience for my parents, but now they're so proud of me. I will say this, they're so Mormon that like any business accolade, starting companies, doing celebrities, working with like, I remember my dad was so excited that I worked with Nicole Kidman, but like (laughs) nothing compares to me having a baby and they're just, their hearts are so full and they're just, they're glowing now. Like I finally made them proud. All right, time for a quick little break. You know, sometimes I just don't have the time or energy to cook, especially something healthy. You know, I'm on the go a lot in the car, running errands or cleaning, doing laundry, walking the dogs, doing a podcast, you know, and then I'm just hungry. And I don't feel especially great ordering takeout for every single meal and neither does my bank account. But this all changed once I found Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest delivers delicious food all built on organic fruits and vegetables right to your door. And it takes literally minutes to prepare. And I never have to think twice if the food I'm eating is good for me. And I'm a gal that loves quickness and convenience. And I love smoothies. I literally have one every single day for breakfast or for lunch. It's just my favorite way to get in those fruits and vegetables vitamins, nutrients, we all need them. It's my favorite, my favorite way to consume. (laughs) And Daily Harvest is ready when you are. Everything stays nice and fresh in your freezer until you're ready to enjoy it so you waste less food too. But if you want heartier options, you know, for lunch or dinner, they also have crispy flatbreads, uh, roasted harvest bowls, and even soups. So you have plenty of options for, you know, delicious meals variety people we like it daily harvest never uses preservatives added sugar or artificial anything and including in their recent lunch almond milk which is made of only almonds and a dash of sea salt that's it which is super convenient because now i always have almond milk for my smoothies I'm sure you know someone who's obsessed with daily harvest i'm obsessed with daily harvest so Get started today. Go to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code LOVEME to get $25 off your first box. That's promo code LOVEME for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com. That's dailyharvest.com. All right, back to the podcast. A lot of people, you know, they will attribute their success or where they are, you know, today, they'll say, you know, growing up, I was always told that I could do whatever I wanted or, you know, be whatever I wanted. In the Mormon church, it's not really like that. It's like, nope, you're gonna, you're gonna be a mom to like as many kids as possible. What do you think 
about your upbringing, even though, you know, <laughs> you kind of did the opposite. What do you, what do you attribute from it to that? Because, I mean, you just said that you still can say that, you know, being in service to people and, and all of that, but what else would you say attributes to it? Well, I will say this. It was so important for me to write the book because I also know that fear of like letting people down. So like, I don't know if people understand this, but the Mormon church believes in the plan of salvation, which means there are three levels, three tiers in the afterlife, which is like when you live for eternity. So like they believe this life is a test. And if you stray from the the beliefs of the church, you get excommunicated, which I did around, I think I was 22 when you stop paying tithing, when you stop attending church, or if you like have premarital sex or do drugs, you get excommunicated. So, you know, I'm not only just saying to my family right now, like, I don't want to be a part of this church, but I'm saying for the afterlife with all of our family members, I'm not going to be there with everyone. So it is so much pressure. And I think that like, I definitely dealt with like guilt and shame and I thank God I had my best friend, Lindsay, because the two of us had one another. And like when we did discover gay men and I discovered ecstasy, we were like, <laughs> I swear to you, I, I say this all the time. I, and I write in the book that like, I think that her and I from taking like micro doses of ecstasy, were like talking through our subconscious thoughts and like in a weird way, it was therapeutic and we were like support for one another. And I think if I didn't have her, I don't know it would have been such a smooth, you know, transition. But what I want to say is like, I remember being that person who felt like just stuck in this small town. I felt like I was stuck in like bad decisions that I had made. I was in credit card debt. I felt like I, outside of the church, I had a hard time figuring out what the direction for my life would be and like what the purpose of my life was. And I think that it's really important to, to tell people out there that you know, and especially when you're like young and out of college or like your early twenties, you're still so young and figuring stuff out, but the world feels so big and your problems feel so big. And I just want to make sure that people don't get stuck in like those bad decisions or like shame or, you know, like, listen, I was drunk for most of my twenties <laughs> and, <Me too. laughs> and, you know, I mean, you're so brave for showing that on TV because I have to say my husband and I got so addicted to the show because alcohol was like the main character in, in the show. And <laughs> I remember like, it's being, I remember being the main character in my life and in my husband's life. Like we were drunk for the first five years of our relationship and it, it's tricky. Like, I just think, you know, you have to go to therapy. You need to like find the tools that will help you to like not numb yourself and, you know, and stay on your authentic path for what you want in life. And it is possible. And I am proof of that. I love that. Wow. Serving so much wisdom. I mean, like you really do give some amazing advice as I've read or am continuing to read in your book. And you seem like you're an incredible mentor. So where do you, or from whom do you seek your advice from? You know, I have to say like in business, I have have been so lucky to have grown up in this like era of female empowerment and, and women starting brands and really like, we're like in the driver's seat with social media and helping kind of like rise, bring one another up. And I think whether it's like, I mean, my friend Emily Weiss from Glossier or Kim with KKW or Jessica Alba with Honest Company, 
Chrissy with cravings or Chloe Kardashian with good American. Like all of us have been in this like new world of, of trying to navigate business and doing it in front of everyone while we're also sharing our personal life. And, and it's just, you know, sometimes it's a lot and I know you can relate to that. So I think when it comes to like advice, like captions and decisions on like, you know, where I'm taking the business next or even design of like bottles and products. And I lean on all of those girlfriends to really help me in that respect. And then when it comes to, I think my relationship with my husband, when it comes to like my environment at home, when it comes to the way I'm showing up with like people at work, I, again, like therapy, my husband and I went to this insane psychotherapy camp called the Hoffman process in 2019. And, you know, it kind of taught me to like meditate and just get tools to kind of like self soothe when I'm getting anxious. And instead of like emotionally eating or venting and stressing out and just feeling like unhappy, it's helped me so much to just kind of like catch my breath and, you know, enjoy the ride and be present in the moment. I feel like that should be mandatory for like everyone. I need to look into that. (laughs) Oh my God, you have to. It's so great. I mean, there's other places too, like besides Hoffman, but I I love those week-long retreats when you turn in your phone and you're just like diving deep into your subconscious. I think it's so, so good for people if you can do it. Oh yeah. I would love that. You are someone that was like, has so much confidence and you're not scared of risk or rejection. So what are you scared of? Do you have fears? Oh my God, what a great question. First of all, thank you for saying that. My fears, it's interesting. I think that having a child was my biggest fear. So like right now I'm in that decision and it's bigger than I like ever thought it was. But I feel like, it it was my last big hurdle. There was the fear of not making it as a hairstylist. There was the fear of like working with celebrities. There was the fear of starting a company and starting Mean Addicts, my website and putting myself out there. And then the fear of like finding a partner and the fear of marriage was so big for me. And I never wanted to get married ever, ever. I'm the biggest failure in this aspect. I like thought marriage was so dumb, so lame, so old school just a business venture. It was like not in my plans. And then I met my husband and it was important to him. So I did it and it's amazing. It's so incredible. And I'm glad I did it. It's like such an incredible partnership and it just bonds you in such a great way. And now I think having the baby was my, my biggest hurdle after that. You know, I don't really live with a lot of fear, which kind of feels good. What do you do when you are approaching something that feels scary because I'm someone who is scared of failing. And I think failure is like my biggest fear that I will psych myself out of anything. So like, what advice would you give to someone like myself who will, I am definitely like risk adverse where I will just shut down rather than going all in. So I think when it feels like a big mountain to climb, think of it as like Runyon. Like do little sections at a time. (laughs) I know me too. (laughs) I hate it. But I, you know, kind of like break it down to like daily habits instead of feeling like, oh my God, how am I going to ever do this? I literally started doing a year ago, right before COVID hit, I started doing a habit tracker that I just found on Google search. And I write down every day, the things that are important for me to do daily. So 
whether it's like workout or read a chapter in a book or drink water or get sleep or meditate or write in a gratitude journal, like all the things that I know are going to help me get to where I need to be. I like track myself daily and I'm like my own, like, I don't know, like life coach. And I try to just, you know, set intentions. I try to write things down. I try to write goal lists. I don't like to say like resolutions because really like we are made of habits. Like every day is just habits. And whether they're good or bad habits, I try to incorporate more good habits to reach goals and check my like, check myself every six months and see where I'm at. Yeah. I I definitely try to do like the one day at a time thing and not say, I'm going to try to accomplish this this week where I'm just going to try to do this today. Let me ask you this, like what? <laughs> where your where your life is today, could you 10 years ago have ever imagined that you'd be where you are today? Absolutely not. And like, I think 10 years from now, it'll be the same thing. Like we can't imagine how amazing our life is going to be 10 years from now. I mean, could you? you imagine being a girl from Utah and having the life that you have? I mean, this is crazy. Look at us. I know. Look at us. Anybody listening in Utah that wants to get out of Utah. (laughs) I mean, but it's truly amazing. I mean, you get in the car with your best friend, you peace out from the church, you come out to LA, culture shock like crazy. And then you just start the, the LA hustle, the LA grind. I mean, like, it's just, it's so not easy. So Along the way, what would you say the best moment in your career has been thus far? Oh my God, there's no one moment. (laughs) I know, but like, what was the moment where you're like the holy shit moment where you're like, I think I've made it? All right, I have like three that come to mind. Okay. (laughs) I think the first time I got like a really good paycheck, I was like, oh my God, this is like enough to pay my bills and... I can like go buy something for myself. I'd say doing Gwen Stefani for the cover of Vogue, it's like framed in my office and it's still like Gwen in high school to me was just the ultimate feminist girl boss, like icon. So, and, and she is the nicest person ever, ever, ever. And I know why good things happen to her. She's just a light. And that was a major moment. I got to work with John Galliano when he was at the house of Dior. And so I would like get flown, like Dior would fly me to Paris. I was like 27 and I would get to go backstage and it's like Kate Moss and Anna Wintour is in his room and I'm like touching his hair up. And those were crazy moments. And then I think launching Main Addicts and launching Way for me were really, really exciting, amazing moments. And yeah, I, it's crazy. It feels like a movie. Did you ever have any moments where you're just like, you almost gave up and moved back to Utah? Oh, God, no. No? Nothing's ever that bad. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Honestly, you guys, I go to Utah now and my husband and I were talking to a real estate agent because I'm like, I could see, we we talked about this. Yeah, yeah. Yumming. Like, I could see myself really thriving and having an amazing life if I lived outside of St. George, like in Ivan's or like, I mean, I don't know if I could live full time, but I would love, love, love to be able to spend time because it's wild. I mean, we move away and we're like, I'm never going back ever, you know, but now like being so proud of where we're from, it's the most beautiful place ever. Yeah. I don't think things ever got that bad, but I definitely like was in an unhappy spot three or four years ago when like I had everything I'd ever wanted. 
but I was like caught up in the hustle porn and I was just like showing my, like, I can do it all. I'm doing everything. Oh my God. And I just like crumbled and crashed. I wrote about it in the book um, because I think it's really important to know that like, you don't need to let the internet rush you. You know, I think that we all get caught up in that. I'm glad you brought that up because this is, I think, I think this is the most important chapter. I think everyone is going to get so much out of this chapter because it was just, it relates to like everyone so much. And rather than going into every single detail, because it just touches on some things such, such as like patience and comparison and, you know, just the filters of life and misrepresentation in life. So what would you have to say about people that need to be patient when it comes to life? Oh my God. There's something that one of my Hoffman teachers said that was so profound to me. He was talking about how we live in society. We think that if we are going to do something, then we'll have something and then we'll be happy. But if you flip it, if you can be a happy, authentically happy person, then you'll do things that will point you in the right direction to continue to be happy. And then you will have that, what you were always striving for. So like, I don't want to sound so cliche because like I have been in the, I think pre COVID, you know, in the, like need to buy all the flossy things, need to have the nice car, need to have the house, all the things. And those things are very nice. And I will say like, I'm proud of like what my husband and I have built together, but I also know like those things will not love me back. Right. You know? mm-hmm. So, and I think it's really it, this year, especially has kind of shown us like what's really important. Like I look in my closet right now, like this beautiful bougie closet that I worked so hard to get all these things. And I'm like, what does this mean? But like my nice things that like I spent my hard earned money on that like will not love me back. Thank God for real, real. But like, you know, I just am like, this stuff really does not like matter. Like, you know, your relationships with people in your life and like those things, you know, the people who will like be there for you like that. That's what really matters. And we've all, I think, learned that. That shit's dusty now, as far as I'm concerned, (laughs) collecting dust up in the closet. Those shoes I had to have, not, not important. The other big thing too with this, this chapter was comparison. I'm guilty of it. So many people are guilty of, we go online, the, the suck of Instagram, the scroll where we're like, oh, look what they're doing. How come I don't have that? Oh, the, you know, the, the comparison trap of the, the thief of joy, we call it. What do we say to people? How do we, what practices can we do to stop comparing ourselves? So I would say this, like, it's really important for us that have like platforms, I think, to really show the good, the bad, and the ugly. I remember one of my most like engaged posts ever was I just showed a picture of myself like mid breakdown and said, I cried today. And everyone was like, oh my God, thank you. so!" And yesterday I posted a picture of the baby with our dog. And I was like, this is hard. Like, I don't know. I I didn't know if I was going to get, you know, slammed for it, but I was like, I just need to tell people like, the truth is no one talks about how hard mentally this is. Like your life is forever changed. And like your routine that you're used to is gone. And you have this like 
baby that needs to eat every three hours. And like, there's multiple, multiple diaper changes. And then they like, won't sleep when you want them to. And then, oh, I could go on and on. And it's a shell shock to your life. And I just wanted to be honest about it. And I think, you know, that's the thing is we all need to just lean into one another. We collectively, I think, you know, bonded. We went through something so crazy. And I hope that like we can continue to support one another and like just grow together and not go back to that like treadmill of bullshit that we were like all living on. Yes, please. As much as I want to get back to a sense of like normalcy, I'm fine leaving a lot of it behind me. Yeah, we like know what doesn't what doesn't serve us for sure. Yeah. Um, And the other thing too is just in the social media world is just sort of how people, I think, don't understand a lot of the misrepresentation or the, the filter life that that people don't understand is that they think everyone's living this perfect life. This, you know, they don't understand the work that's going on behind it. There's a, there's a hustle, there's a grind of these influencers that it, you know, that it, it's not always what it seems. Yeah. I think the comparison culture is really dangerous because like, you're never going to feel like you have enough. There's a quote I posted the other day that was like something like, I wish that I, could be present to enjoy what I have now instead of constantly thinking about what I don't have and plans for what I, what I want. So I think like it's important as like setting goals and intentions and like bettering yourself. I'm, I'm all for it, but I also think like you need to give yourself some compassion and just like go at a pace that's normal and feels good to you and don't let the internet rush you. Don't let the internet rush you. Oh, I love that. I'm going to like re I'm just going to reread that chapter like a few times and let it really sink in because I'm so guilty of that. It's so easy just to get caught up in it because you feel like everything is just so instant. It's literally called Instagram and like everything it's just the turnover is so just so quick in all of it. And I just feel like, you know, even, even my husband's like, you need some more comment on your, your Instagram feed. And I'm like, why? Sometimes I feel like I, I do need to post more. And I'm like, why should I? No, Tom, you know what? Listen, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, Tom, your wife is incredible. Do whatever makes you happy. You are good, girl. You're great. Don't worry about that. I, I'm excited for you also to read chapter eight. I wrote about how balance is bullshit because I was the queen of doing the most and saying yes to everything and just juggling all the things but inside falling apart, you know, once I realized, and and also now with the baby thrown in the mix, I am just kind to myself. And I'm like, you know what? Balance is bullshit. There's no way that, you know, you can do all the things you want to do in 24 hours and you just got to like do your best and just be again, self-compassion. I don't really have a problem saying no, but I have a problem feeling guilty about it. So, Mm. but I'm, I'm excited to get to that chapter. Well, one more question. What advice do you have for someone who doesn't exactly know what they want to do with their life? Let's say they're young or let's say they're, you know, older in life. They want to change. They want to figure out like what they're going to do that's going to really like make them happy. I would say don't let anyone shit on your plans. And like if you, you're the sum of the people around you. So if you have people in your life who are in their own their own rut 
and don't want to really truly see you succeed because it intimidates them. You know, you got to really check your relationships and the people around you because also you have to be careful if you're a fixer. Cause I was that person that was like, every boyfriend was like a total slob kebab. I was trying to like help them get their shit together. Cause I'm like, I know how to do this. Like I'll fix you. No, 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 no. Like don't waste your good years on trying to fix people. I'm not saying like give up on people, especially like family, but I think like you have to have really good boundaries. And I think like I, the girls I just listed that are starting their own businesses and we've all kind of grown up together. Like the, I want to be around people who are doing good things and big things and living their dreams and like supporting each other. So you want to make sure that, you know, if you have, whether it's your husband or whoever, if there's somebody who is trying to hold you down, take a look at that and see what you can do to, to try to have better people in your life. I love that. So you have way main addicts. Now way's got doggy shampoo, which I'm so excited about because I love the way way smells. And I love the body cream. I love the hand cream. Do you still have the chill pills? Chill pills are amazing. I'm looking at a poster in our office of chill pills. It's my favorite. Chill pills are so good. You put them in the bath. They kind of dissolve and it's like a bath oil, basically. Yeah, it's like a bath bomb and it just moisturizes your skin and it helps to like make you feel like you're just like in a spa. It's awesome. Chilling. I haven't tried the perfume yet, but I'm going to get on that. But everything is so amazing. The rose oil. What's next for Way? Oh my God. Well, first of all, Ferba Bay was my dream for two years to like, I'm so happy that it's out. We have a few collabs that everyone will be very excited about. I can't really say too much, but we have been, I have to say like kudos to my team at Way and at Main Addicts because we've been zooming it up and we've all been going through our own, like, you know, stress of 2020 and everyone's been like, really supporting one another and thriving. And we've got lots of really exciting, big things going on. If you're a fan of our fragrance, stay tuned. Ooh, so exciting. Well, congratulations. Well, I want some of your awesomeness to rub off on me. So I appreciate that. And I like to end the episodes with the little segment called Rage Text of the Day. So what is your Rage Text of the Day, Jen? Or to who? Or to what? Ooh, okay. My rage text of the day. I can't get specific, but it was... I'm not going to say which magazine it was. So I'm working on this content for a project that I have that I'm announcing. And, you know, because we're in the situation we're in, magazines, like, we'll just say, like, we'd love to feature you. And you're like, okay, great. And then you get a list of, like, what it is. And it's like, we need a tour of your bathroom. We'd like you to go through all the products. Then we need to see a tour of your office. Then we'd like to do like a 20 question interview to camera and you like film it yourself and you have to edit it all. And like, boohoo, I know, woo is me. There's champagne problems. <laughs> but my rage text was to like everybody involved. And I was like, you know, you know, it's a lot when you're trying to like create content and you have to do it all on your own because you can't really like be around a team or have people help. And so that was my rage text. I was like, guys, I'm one person can't do it all. It took up my whole day. And I was just like, kind of annoyed by it. Like, and um, I got a baby in case you missed the news. Right. And then there's that. So that was my rage text. (laughs) I hope you use explicit language too. I did not. I know my explicit language days are behind me. I feel like 
I'm too worried about people screen grabbing stuff and, and posting it. Oh, like on national TV? Guys, can I say, oh my God, <laughs> you have been through it. Yeah. Can I say, yeah, if okay. I can give any advice, not if you, even if you're not going to read my book, do not write any gossip or anything bad about somebody or like don't spill the tea in an email or a text. There's voice notes for a reason. Yeah, but you can keep voice notes. I don't feel like I'm going to look into this, but I'm going to call my lawyer because I don't think legally you can like post a voice note because you're not allowed in California to record phone messages without people knowing. I know, but you know, when you send someone a voice note and then they keep it, you're like, why are you keeping that? I guess what you got to do is just FaceTime. It's the only safe way, FaceTime or WhatsApp. God, or just keep your mouth shut. But where's the fun in that? That's not realistic. (laughs) I know. Everyone, you need to, you seriously need to get a copy of Jen's book. It's called Blowing My Way to the Top. I love that title. It's so brilliant. You're so brilliant. If you're not using whey products, you're seriously missing out. They like are so luxurious and you're going to smell so good. You're going to walk past people on the street and they're going to like stop and ask why you smell so good. I think you just got a new advertiser for your podcast. (laughs) I'm making a call on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) And if you have a puppy, oh, then your puppy can smell so good. Yeah. And if you're into hair, check out Maine Addicts. I, I was into Maine Addicts before I even knew that was your thing. But what else am I missing? I have a makeup collab with Elle. Oh my God. Congrats on that. Holy crap. You're just doing all the things. I'm not. And then I'm raising a child, but like, that's it. And being a wife, all, you know, as we get older, we just take on more jobs. Well, all right. Well, everyone, I hope you enjoy your weekend and be kind to yourselves until next time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review, follow along on social at Music Kills Kate, and tune in next week for an all new episode. 